Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the fuck we want. Welcome back to the Kinjas Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. I'm also your host, Charles. And I am also your host, Mike Cal. Or you can call me Charlie if you want. That's fine. I like Charlie. Charlie guy's good. Um, Charlie's so happy. Charlie's always happy. Oh, Look, sorry, I'm not supposed smile. to talk yet. No, you didn't talk. Yet. You're in the room. <laughs> Super duper stoked today, guys. Super duper stoked. Why? Because the Kinjas podcast wouldn't even be called the Kinjas podcast if there was no such thing as Kinjas. That's true. So uh, today we have in the house the founders of Kinjas. Mike Song, Anthony Lee. Um, I can talk now. Yo, yo, yo. They can talk now. You have been unlocked. Um, it's only fitting that we we bring in these guys to give us the history and the the hows and the whys and where did it come from and everything in between. And the reason why I'm super stoked to uh, bring these guys on, um, I'm sure you guys have probably seen interviews of us and even of them talking about Kinjas and the origin. Like, where does the name come from? Why Kinjas? Is it Korean ninjas and all these other things? Uh, this is the this is the place where they get to just be open and be unfiltered and unedited and as long winded as they want in giving them or giving you guys giving us all actually the real scoop on everything. Give us the scoop. Give us the scoop. We want the scoop. Oh, so, scoop. Mike and Anthony, welcome to the podcast, guys. Yeah. Woot woot. Woot woot. Woot woot. Double woot. Cool. Skis woot squared, baby. Woot. Woot tank clan. All right. Well, let's go from the woot, beginning. There it is. The beginning. Mike's sipping it up right now. We're sipping it on some uh, <laughs> little uh, happy juice <laughs> to get the podcast vibes flows going. Trying to get real happy effects, up in you know here. Um, okay. The burning question How did Kin just come about? Why did it come about? What were the circumstances of life at the time? I hear there was a college thing happening, graduations happening, jobs being gotten, and all sorts of things. So feel free to just go, whoever wants to start it off. Let's go deep, guys. You want to rock, paper, scissors? Uh, rock, paper, scissors. Two out of three. Right. Three out of five. You have to call it out, too. Three out two of five. Out of three? Two out of three, and you got to call it out. So yeah. one, two, go, like but you have to say your like thing. You're stating the thing. You got to state the thing because people can't see what we're doing. Okay, so we'll go one, two, Video's straight? coming yeah. soon, guys. Okay, okay. One, two, scissors. One, two, <laughs> paper. Damn it. <laughs> That's good. It's like one, an honest two, paper. It's like an honest you. way of yeah, playing rock, paper, scissors. Wait, wait, how oh, many do you do? Two out of three? Two out of three, yeah. Okay. This is this, this is the okay. finals. Okay. One, one two, scissors. Nice. Wow. Oh, look at that. That means Anthony has to go. What the? Oh. Oh. He tricked you. You got to honor the code of the rock, paper, scissors, but... I don't and even. Won. I don't even. I win the right to you, tell the yeah, story. Yeah, to tell the story. That's a. Privilege. So win-win. There I don't it know, is. I don't you know. Don't know if it's go. like a, like a from the source, uh, actual live or expression uh, of this. I feel like we've like answered this this question in different places, um, but at least for like the majority of our own fans that like, yeah. I, I wonder if there's like an actual space where we have gone into this depth. Um, I don't feel like there has been because I've never heard it. I mean, I've heard it because I like, know you guys and like we hang out and you tell me stuff. It's like okay, it's yeah. not like anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. This is the spot. All right. Well, we uh, usually have to like frame it 
we've all said it in different versions, but it's like when it's like a a YouTube interview, you're like, all right, what do you actually give a shit about? And we yeah. got to kind of frame it. You know what I'm saying? So given the context, we give bits and pieces. Yeah. This is where you do the real deal. Not to say that that stuff wasn't the real deal, but this is the, you know, this is your show, guys. The whole shebang. Say it how you want to say it. The whole shebang. Yeah. Go bango. Our show. Um, so, I was born in 1986, right? Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's important uh-huh. to know. I uh, know. So, that means I went to college the same year that Mike went to college in 2004. Um, he uh, and I met... Uh, in school there, we both joined different dance teams. He joined Cabo Modern. I joined CADC. Um, but we, like, lived together and stuff. And, uh, we like, Mike actually taught me a lot of what I know about, like, dancing, especially in the beginning. Even just, like, the the passion and the hustle and, like, the where to go about finding it because you couldn't really YouTube clips. Like, he was the dude that was, like, originally uploading videos um, that, like, he would find in random places. Even some of the old, like, literally the first videos of Cobb Modern are, like, uploaded on his personal YouTube channel and stuff. So, he was a guy that was, like, kind of showing me a lot of dance. Uh, I got into things like um, popping and breaking and stuff uh, until I finally joined CADC. And then we would, like, find each other at competition. Other than that, we'd just be, like, sessioning together and whatnot. Um, so, after college, we graduated. Um, I graduated in, like, 08. And uh, at the time, Mike had just done ABDC, Yeah. Uh, ABDC yeah. season one, uh, and this was the first time that like just I don't know. This was the craziest concept to like know that like dancers could go out there and like rep themselves, you know, be kind of like the star on the front line, not necessarily dance behind somebody. There was, this was kind of like a brand new kind of uh, self representation, especially for like the Asians out there. Um, and for me, I wasn't like pursuing dance as like a career or anything like that. So I just went into one of the first jobs I can get into, uh, which was sales, uh, which. I'm fucking good at. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, dude. Yes, okay. Yeah, I'm so. which really, bro. Okay, I'm really good at. Um, <laughs> just because I don't know, I like talking to people and like you know convincing people that they do want or like something. But uh, ultimately, uh, it was terrible. I hated it. I started looking at people like dollar signs and whatnot, and um, I got fat and stressed out, and it was crazy. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, like I was still just dancing for fun on the side. So uh, there was a time when uh, I was living out in Riverside and I was about to move to Arizona to get promoted to kind of like run my own office out there. Um, All my friends literally threw like a going away party for me. There was a whole cake and shit. uh, And uh, we had a good time celebrating like me moving into this next phase, which included hanging up like my dance shoes and like no longer kind of like, uh, I guess, participating in dance as actively as we had been, whether it be at, like, community shows, judging things, teaching classes or whatnot. This was kind of, like, the last hoorah, if you will. So um, I remember hitting up Mike and just being like, yo, dude, uh, actually, I hit up Jason Park first. He was directing Vibe at the time, and uh, he was one of my best friends, too. So it was like, yo, Jason, uh, I'm going to stop this whole dance thing because I got to move and whatnot, so I kind of want to do one last hoorah. And because he was directing Vibe, I kind of, put him in that friend corner where it's like, yo, is there any way you can give me a spot to like kind of do a project that Love vibe? That. Hell yeah. So you already know, like, especially at that time, like you, you don't just get projects at vibe. You know what I mean? Like, Shout out Jason Park. Yeah. Like I definitely he's a just pressured him. Yeah. He's Kinja's too. Uh, it made him get on stage too. But, um, uh, definitely just pulled that friend card, uh, and, and asked for a spot. And he's like, all right, man, I'll give it to you. And then at that point, that's when I hit up Mike and was like, yo, 
uh, I got to spot at Vibe, and uh, you know, it's my hanging up the dance shoes and stuff. Like, like we haven't gotten a chance to like for real dance together. You know, we always compete and whatnot, but um, this would be it. And plus, if you don't get on stage with me. Like I'm gonna make a fool out of myself because you're like killing the game right now, and I'm like not, not really. I'm not really. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, he was like, he was like, all right, man, we got to do it, especially if this is the last one. I remember he like had to clear all of his jobs and stuff like that in January to get ready, um, because like he was killing. It. He was literally seeing the world at the time with Kaba, like KM6 and stuff. So were the Jabwalkies at the time, um, still. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Just freaking, he was down, and, and we just called up all our homies. The, the ones that not only just we we sessioned and danced and learned with all the time, but even just the ones that we just loved and lived with in college, like all the homies. Uh, we even found a spot for like the guys who don't dance to get on stage with us. All we asked ourselves was like, what's something we always wanted to do or always wanted to do on stage? Um, that's why that's why we like got the freaking we we danced the shots because we always wanted to drink on stage. It's like a really dumb college thing, but like we danced the LMFAO shots. This is where shots. people look up the actual footage on YouTube. Yeah, in, in the um, it was called Ambu Black Ops at the time. Feel free to chime in at any moment, but uh, I'm just jumping all over the place. But it was called Ambu Black Ops at the time. We danced the shots. That that's where those red cups come in. All those like homies that like run in, like a bunch of those dudes aren't even dancers. They just were like our college homies. <laughs> And we were just like, yo, we got to get on stage so with everybody sick. and party in front of a few thousand people. And they were down. So they ran on. We all partied together. Those red cups that were holding up um, in that glorious, uh, you know, ripple w- actually had tequila in it. And that we learned was a was kind of a dumb idea because you're like, <laughs> you're like dry heaving going into the next choreography routine. Wow. Um, we're red cup in it right now. Yo, there was even a time where we where we talked about, uh, like, we, we did all sorts of dumb. You could look it up and just... Look at every, just pay attention to what's going on, and, and you'll realize that this is just a bunch of dudes that are having a good time, not really caring about like necessarily how they look or how like you know dope or competitive or anything was. They just wanted to like have fun, and I think that resonated with a lot of people. We definitely like were super into Naruto at the time, so like still are, still are, yep, yep still, still are. are. So there, there was this whole like we had we had like paid like 150 bucks for like an Akatsuki robe, like show spot it for the Halloween costume as Itachi one time borrowed that. <laughs> um, I left my black shirt at home that day, so I ended up only wearing my black shirt with like this gold hologram light bulb on it that don't make shit sense. <laughs> Look it up on YouTube; it's super. Dang, cool. that's like right. we're wearing we're wearing what like giant cargo five for ten sweats, yeah. uh, non matching shoes. We like cut like sleeveless t shirts, which also didn't really make sense because not anybody was really like buff or anything. It's all good, dude. With these blue vests that was kind of Anbu esque. Um, I don't know. Like it was, it was a little bit of a shit show of putting things together. But like the feeling was just like this. It was super diga. Yeah, it was a don't give a shit yeah. attitude. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. we were running off stage. We did, people could only do like six minute medleys at the time. We, we pulled together like a twelve minute show, just because we, you know, again, Jason Park was the director. We pulled out two rows of seats in the audience and the floor audience just so we could run around. Like we literally just got rid of seats because we we're like, yo, we want this to happen. Um and people were just bought into it and literally, I I'm uh, me personally I've never gotten a standing ovation like that. When we finished our performance, people were up and screaming in ways that like I I just never felt. It's literally best performance of my life still to this day, uh, best feeling and best moment. And uh, I just remember um, just this insane and huge feeling of like why 
why am I leaving all of this behind? People that I'm like sharing in this space with, or this feeling that I'm feeling, why am I hanging all of this away uh, to go, you know, chase the paper? Uh, and I'm, that week specifically, um, it was that Thursday, I remember after Vibe 15, I believe, uh, I went into the office and uh, just after our morning meetings had a had a talk with a you know my manager and then again just things just didn't work out in, in our favor and uh, I had to be held back uh, to take care of certain things or you know I was told we weren't ready to move or whatnot and I just felt like it wasn't the right place for me to really grow or like be the person that I was personally supposed to be so uh, just on a whim just quit the job then and there and had nothing lined up. Um, no shit, I straight up called my sister. I had no idea. I thought I failed my family that day. I failed like college and everything <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Like driving home, just like just quit my job with no plan. Um, but I, I also feel like that was like the greatest thing that I ever could have done to uh, be able to come back and at least keep at that time Ombu Black Ops alive. Uh, popcorn Mike. Hold on, before Mike comes in, let me tell you from the audience perspective, because I was <laughs> in was, the audience. I was in the audience, too. It was I was also this is going to be good. Audience. All right, so these are us three who just spoke up, myself, Mike, and Charlie, are non-Kinjas at this time. This is, Kinjas doesn't even exist at this point, right? This is Ambu Black Ops. Yep. In my mind, this is a Mike Song, Anthony Lee project. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm excited. I'm very excited. And, and we like, told Jason Park not to put any marketing out or anything like that. We just wanted no expectations because we knew that we were going to be degaff about the whole thing. We yeah. called it Ambu Black Ops. I, all I remember is that we called it Ambu Black Ops with no concept of what we were going to do. We were just like, let's just call it something random. And we were freaking obsessed with Naruto. And we're like, Ambu? Yeah, let's do Ambu Black Ops. Yeah, they're badass. <laughs> you don't know anything about them. They move in the shadows. So I'm I'm over here, you know, like this is what, 2010, right? Yeah. yeah. 2010. Um, this is like when we just got our show in, in Vegas as Jabberwockies. I'm like, oh, shoot, I haven't been to a vibe in like, well, I think the last vibe I did was vibe, uh, whatever 2008 was. Which, what, what was vibe 2010? What was that? 2010 was 15, I think. Okay, so then was it 13 that I last did with Super Galactic? I'm guessing so. So, yeah, I'm in the audience. I'm like, yeah, Mike and Mike and Ed have this project. I'm down. So I'm watching this thing. And I'm seeing all the stuff happening and unfolding right in front of my eyes. And I I literally just have like the just like shocked face. I'm like, holy crap, like these fools are like like jerking off on stage. <laughs> and like That's all you remember. Uh, I, I mean, like, you know, I, I wasn't expecting any of this. And then jumping off stage, running around, I'm like, yo, they made like a fully immersive experience of vibe. And, you know, you're used to watching a show from the audience and there's like that fourth wall, right? The audience and then the stage. You don't ever break that. Like rarely people do at that time. I mean, people do it all now because it's already been done. But I'm sitting here watching it and I'm like, yo, these guys are having a blast. That was the first thing that I noticed. And I that was it made me feel like I'm having fun. I'm cracking up and I'm like, holy crap. Obviously, the dancing is dope. But like I really saw... Like, at the end of the show, I'm like, this is something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew... Like, I had this feeling when I first saw Jabberwockies in 03, when I was in the audience for their first performance. Like, this is something. I don't know what it is, but it's freaking something. It's new, and, like, this is gonna... It's gonna be a game changer, and I felt that. And so, um, you know, and I, I, I was already close with Mike from, like, way back from, like, high school Mike to, like, you know, from his freshman year of joining Kaba. We, we rocked together for like 
almost like half a year or whatever on Cabo before yeah. I graduated and bounced. Um, and I knew I knew Anthony as like Mike's homie. And Anthony was always the homie that like came around that made everybody laugh. <laughs> and then he was like down for dance and then like say that like he wasn't a dancer. But then when he would joke around and do some stuff, I'm like, bro, that's good. And he's like, nah, nah, nah. I'm like, I don't dance, dude. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you're freaking good. And then like all of a sudden I saw him on CADC and like killing it. So anyway, all that to say, I was just like, man, this is magical and this is going somewhere. So from the audience perspective, like I was blown away and I was definitely a part of that standing O. I don't know about you guys. Oh, we were all part of that standing O. Yeah. Like, at, at this point, like uh, I was on the company and we, we drove up from the Bay Area to compete. I don't remember who won or if we won. I don't remember anything, but I remember seeing you guys. Uh, and... Every performance, I always wore these Kakashi gloves. <laughs> yeah. Yo, regardless of the costume, my fell would always wear the Kakashi Hell gloves. Yeah, dude. I just loved it's wearing those because, like, if, if I just wore them and Pat told me nothing, I was like, hey, I'm just going to keep wearing them. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. As soon as I heard the Naruto song come on, I looked down at my hands and I was just like, oh, my God, what's happening right now? <laughs> Oh man, That's I can't so really good. beat that. Uh, I remember being in the audience. I think it was letting my like, I think it was like my my third vibe. So I was like, I was really new to the whole scene. I didn't know who anyone was, but I knew that Cabo Modern and CDC were really freaking good. So I was like, okay. And I think you guys killed it that that year too. But I remember watching in the audience, and then I was just like, what in the world? I've never seen anything like it. Wait, so. did you guys rock? performances with cadc and kaba 2 in that show or was no. it oh okay. i did i performed with legacy that year oh oh wait yeah. was that bombs over over baghdad time i think or, so i think that was dang, bombs over that baghdad. Was another heater dude i yeah. think that, that might have been the year before i'm not sure we're gonna have to reference yeah, that one yeah, yeah, yeah. i feel yeah. like it was though archives. maybe yeah yeah see that's when you I, just I was on multiple shows <laughs> and multiple yeah crews, I, I graduated right? from cadc 08 because context that team is like a collegiate team where if you graduate or you're no longer at UCI or a full-time student, you can't be on it. Right, right, yeah. It's one of those few. Then maybe I was wrong. But I remember this, <laughs> <laughs> the audience part and I was tripping out. Okay, well, great. I remember seeing Mike Fowl actually um, <laughs> that day. I don't know, it's such a clear memory for me. And uh, I guess, I mean, from my perspective, uh like we got such a crazy reaction from the crowd and it was so uh, unexpected, right? But if I had to describe that set, uh, there was a lot of things that were uh, like, in the best ways possible, juvenile and nerdy, right? <laughs> but people were down for it. And I feel like it's such a timepiece that like that's where we were at in our lives. We were like college kids and everything reflected like what a co some college kids are, right? Oh, yeah. And I remember seeing Mike Fowl afterwards uh, and we were acquaintances at the yeah. time, but Mike Fowl with like the most bright eyes was like, yo, how do I get down with your crew? <laughs> and I remember thinking, and I remember Mike thinking, destiny, if you're that down for what we're doing, you get it. Cause we were doing a lot of nerdy and what people would consider nerdy anime shit. But if someone was freaking down for that, it immediately made me know, like, you get it. You're born a Kinja. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is the term we have. Context. Born a Kinja is this term we have because uh how how would you describe born a Kinja? It's like um Born a Kinja is uh there's like an anime nerdy aspect to it. There's like a super Asian-ness to it. There's like a super like video gamey uh fantasy sci-fi-ness to it. 
And not all Kinjas are born a Kinja, and there's nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, there's a bunch of Kinjas that are like cooler than that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> so they like bring up the natural swag level, but like there's a swag level to like not giving a fuck too. You know what I mean? Oh, so, absolutely. so like that's the balance. It, it's it's just balance is all. Yeah, I think that was our biggest degaff, like middle fingers to the whole community was like, you know, at the time, and I think not even at the time, like always, especially in the you know the koi urban dance SoCal community, there's usually like a uh, a direction of like, yo, let's swag it out. Let's be hella tight. We're freaking dope. We're swaggy, groovy. And to just be like, yo, we're freaking down for anime. We're going to use the damn Naruto theme song. We're going to fucking buy this cosplay robe and we're going to fucking wear it. Yeah, and all of us going to dress up like fucking ninjas from this anime. Hell yeah, bitch. There's like a fucking <laughs> degaffness to it. You know what I'm saying? That isn't like common. You know what I'm saying? I won't say that we invented it. But it's not, it's for damn sure not common in the scene. You can't convince me of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I Hell love that. Yeah. I, I think that, that was definitely the thing Hell that, yeah. like, without, like, <laughs> defining it in words, it's just the effect of it, right? Like, as you're watching something, when something is so real and, like, so authentic and so entertaining, there is, like, a magic about it. Like, you can't quite put your finger on it. But I think it comes from just knowing who you are, what you're about, and like what you really care about and what you want to show. And I feel like that was the thing that um, from performance one, Ambu Black Ops Vibe 13, um, that was so apparent. And like... Vibe 15, I think. Vibe 15, my bad. I think 15. Um, and, you know, obviously we're going to fa fast forward. Um, oh, we'll get to present day Kinjas, obviously. But, I mean, I'm just saying what I'm observing, like even in this conversation, I've had this conversation with you guys, I feel like in different forms, but this is a much more detailed conversation. So it's even bringing about realizations for myself. Being present day Kinjas and looking at Kinjas day one, like I see like the thread from there that weaves all the way till today. And like, that's why we're doing what we're doing today, where we're at today. And not to like toot our own horns or anything like that, but I am very proud. Like it makes like nothing makes me prouder than to be a part of something that stands for something from day one till day whatever a thousand. You know what I'm saying? Like that, and I think that's why thousand's only like three years. See, my math sucks, <laughs> and, and, and I break also. I'm sorry. I, I think about numbers a lot. He does, and that's why we love Anthony. He, he is our he's our calculus ab abacus. Anthony is what we call him. Um, but you know, like I feel I've like nobody actually—I <laughs> actually just called you that for the first time <laughs> in my I would, life. I would say algebra, Anthony. Would, no, I'm I'm terrible. I don't know. I, maybe I'm good at it. I really don't know. Algebra Lee. Algebra abacus Lee. is funnier because it's like an ancient Asian like calculator. Yeah, right? I'm just saying nobody calls me Abacus. <laughs> I know. I, I did. I, I wanted it to. I wanted to start today, and then I'll be like, I'll. I coined the term on the right, day now that on, this podcast. Airs. If you say it at least three times in sequence, then I'll adopt. All right, abacus, but only to Anthony. you. Only to you, Ben. All right, Abacus <laughs> Anthony. We get nicknames today. So Abacus Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're, we're digressing now. No, but I'm just saying, um, it's just really cool to see. Like, like seeing uh, your guys' mentality, and I'm still waiting on Mike's story. We're, we're going to get to that in a second. But just seeing the thread of, like, where it started. And, like, if you guys don't even know, like, right now, literally right now, we are in the process of, like, putting together our first ever Arena LA show, which we'll get to all that stuff, too. And hearing, like, the the thought processes of, like, how we put our shows together, 
the things that we really find to be important in terms of like casting each piece, like all of that stuff. The day one of Ambu Black Ops, that vibe is very much alive now. And that's why we can even like have as much fun, even though as stressful as it is. Um, but anyway, that's I'm, I'm jumping all over the place right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just really yeah, yeah. Stoked on this. You You're buzzing stoked, or what, dude? Man. Fill your glass up, bro. <laughs> on, bro. I'm cool. Skip I want to hear Mike. Let's get Mike back in this. I want to hear Mike's story. Um, all right, uh, popcorn in. Um, I think Ant gave a honestly that was like a perfect description of uh, of uh, a lot of the mentality and the the context of that entire situation leading into Kinjas. Um, my perspective and I guess even reflection on that is um, something that I felt like was cool about that entire scenario was the fact that um, there was something that degafness we were just talking about. Uh, I feel like it came from a lot of things. Like if you were to analyze that, uh, me and Ant were already on different teams. And when you have some sort of type of expectation or like uh, some sort of uh, trajectory uh, of a team that you're already on there's uh expectations or even limitations at times of what you're capable of doing right i remember for me uh with Kaba six like you know we had girls on the team and like so there's no way that if we just had you know again if we're joking around about jacking off in a piece <laughs> like i don't the girls are not down for that you know what i'm saying so it's just like limitations like, context it was very in my opinion artistic and creative the way that we exemplified that moment with wordplay lyricism so it's not oh for you know, sure hey, I'm, just, I'm, just giving them, I'm just giving them the context oh, yeah. it wasn't yeah. our first time we've had definitely you, you got you gotta let me get to my point here cool 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 and, you know, I remember times when Anthony was talking about CADC and he's like, yo, we got to wear these fucking fur coats. This shit is whack. I don't want to wear this shit. And I like that set. All right. All right. You know, we don't have to we don't have to talk about. Wait, what is this fur coat set? Uh, this is back in the day, like CADC stuff. It's OK. I hated some Kaba okay. costumes, too. I'm not just dogging on DC. Kaba had to wear some wax stuff. But you know, it's a team story. effort. There's compromise everywhere. I may have not liked the costume, but I love my teammates <laughs> and their ideas. And I wanted to support them. Okay. So I only spoke of those things okay. behind yeah. closed quarters at the time. You know what I'm saying? Hey, in the spirit of degafness, moving forward, hey. I'm taking all those factors and I'm just analyzing. When it came to Kinja's, we had this like this feeling of like, almost this feeling of, you know, especially with Anthony... Uh, thinking he's gonna exit the scene, there was like this like uh, like we'll never do it again mentality that I think is a it was a really cool thing we got to exercise. It wasn't like yo we got all these expectations. Everybody thinks of this team as a certain way. It was just like nobody knows what Ambu Black Ops is. Nobody gives a damn what it is at this point. So let's just do whatever the hell we want. And I think that degaffness was um we're really blessed to have that variable be a. Um, at the beginning of our trajectory because it, it laid a foundation of, oh, we should do this, we should do that. It wasn't like a what we should do. It was a what do we want to do. It was like, hey, we need to get in all our homies that don't dance for free. How do we do that? Uh, Let's just make them come out in our set somehow. We'll make them characters. So we'll have like a freaking 40-person roster even though only 18 of us are dancing. We called them special ops because we were the Ambu Black Ops and I don't know why special. Well, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like so we, we kind of just tried to, uh, it was just fun being like, Hey, let's talk. Let's talk in our set. Some, somehow we should just record ourselves. And so we're like, all right, we were just making a checklist of, we literally called it our bucket list. And this is just our bucket list performance. 
Let's do everything we freaking want to. Who do we want to get down with? Let's like hit up hella people that maybe we don't even talk to all the time. Are they down? Just call them. And so we just literally got our wish list together um, and just had hella fun. We recorded ourselves uh, on GarageBand. Still do sometimes. And um, but not anymore. Actually, podcast is yeah, level dude, up. We, hey. we leveled up. Hey, you guys see our setup right now. You guys might be impressed. <laughs> Octopus arms everywhere. <laughs> you know? But um, yeah, I think um, that allowed us to just freaking have hella fun. And uh, I remember for me in that set, my favorite moment was when um, there's this moment when we all get beat up, and Victor Kim comes out, uh, does his healing dance, right? <laughs> And then we all uh, Imogen heap, and we all we all uh, start encouraging each other. We were all at our lowest, and we play the Mighty Ducks soundtrack song. Yes. And when we were performing that, we just thought it was funny, and we're like, "Let's just do it. This is just hilarious to us." But we didn't know how the crowd would react to it. We genuinely just cracked up every time we would cheer each other on and write these like Mighty Duck kind of moments to each yeah, other, I right? And I remember all of us in slow motion talking to each other. And we heard the audience roaring louder than any of the dancing, laughing at us just having our Mighty Ducks moment with each other. And I just remember in my heart, I was like, this is possible. We're not dancing and the crowd is screaming right now. I love this. This is like anything I've ever, it's it's like nothing I've ever experienced before. And I think that moment has stuck with me in terms of, uh, at least for us, and Ben's absolutely right when he says this is good timing for creating our arena showcase. Yeah. Um, that DGAF mentality of like, hey, let's just do what is right for us and not what is um, what other people tell us how it should be. You know, I know, that's a, I know that's a really token thing to that's say, good. That's good. but it's Bro, uh, it's just real because it's freaking gold. <laughs> that's though, it, dude. Man. That whole conversation that you're just going through led to that, and that's what it is, man. So yeah, that's my that's my that's my take on that. Dude, I love that man. I freaking love it. And like, I mean, not to get all like on the whole Asian thing, but let's just call a freaking a spade a spade, right? Majority of us are Asians, <laughs> right? And and like the theme and Ambu Black Ops, like super Japanese anime Naruto inspired. And I love that there was a sense, yeah, the degaffness comes from like, yo, I'm into this. Yeah, I'm Asian. And maybe that has something to do with it. Or well, maybe it well, doesn't. You, you got to take into account that like um, most of the dances that we pulled were from our respective team. So Mike was on Kaba Modern, which is a literally a branch off the Filipino organization, right. Kaba Bayan, whereas CADC is coming from the Chinese Association. So like naturally, most of the people that we was rocking with on our crews or on our specific teams were Asian or... The 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 variants right were yeah. were people like Noah were people Shout like Noah Toy Box White you know Tiger. were people like yeah. Ace you know eventually yeah. Ace wasn't getting down with us at first you know um, but yeah so so it was just like it, it was organic that like we were a part of those things which is why we we got close to or or trained with those people yeah. those are the organizations that we we were getting down with you know. That was actually a really crucial time. I feel like there was a lot of like pivotal moments in like uh, not only like dance like culture in the community, but I also feel like in entertainment because like that 2008 like window to like 2010 and like, yeah, even like up until I want to say like even to like 2013, 14, like 
Asian Americans were starting to make a lot of noise in entertainment, you know? And I think the last form of entertainment that anyone have, would have ever expected would have been like dance and or quote unquote hip hop, aka urban culture, right? And I don't think anybody really expected Asians to make noise in that. I mean, ABDC had a lot to do with it from like the Kaba Moderns to Jabberwockies. Poriotics was in that, that definitely in that, uh, that era as well. But like, I felt like when I saw Kinja's be so like, yeah, I'm about this and this is what I am, but I'm not defined as like, I'm some geeky kid who only does this. Like I can literally do everything that the next guy can do and more and also embrace like the things that I'm like naturally into. I think that gave slash currently gives our generation of dancers um, a lot of hope. And I'm so down for that. Like I'm, I'm so down for, uh, for us to be a part of like a movement that gives like the the Asian kids at home that like mom I want to do something cool and then mom will be like oh you should watch these guys on YouTube maybe that's it I don't know you know what I'm saying like I feel like I'm down to be a part of that and uh, from me growing up you know there wasn't anything like that to really look up to other than like the Bruce Lees or the Jackie Chans um, in the world which were huge and slash are huge inspirations so I feel like Kinjas, uh, should I be so bold to say, are kind of in that light for the current generation of kids. Like we are like the Bruce Lees and the Jackie Chans, the Jet Lees of the entertainment scene where these kids can aspire to be something more than doctor, lawyer, what have you, right? Yeah, so. I agree. I, I could see us in that. Well, I, I have a question for you guys now. Um, how would you... Uh, let's say compare the beginning of Kinja's to Kinja's now, like what has changed for it? That's a bad, I, I think I just want to hear this answer. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everything's changed. Um, in one sense, uh, before when nobody knew who Kinja's was, there, there was, uh, in one sense, like, no necessity for social responsibility. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the second everybody started, like, paying attention was the second, like, um, it's almost like God had given us this microphone. So the second you get a microphone where a bunch of people are listening, you know, you got to be at least responsible for what comes out of your mouth, you know? So um, after we started, like, picking up a following, and I, I, I mean, I'm not even talking, like, when we were on ABDC or anything. Even before that, we started that calling of responsibility. Uh, we heard it before maybe other people did. Uh, we started performing together. You know what I mean? We kept together. We were training together. It was Kinders was really like an excuse for us to all like come together and just session or put on a show that wasn't competitive, that didn't have the stress of needing to be like this perfect whatever. It was just the thing where we got together and had fun. Um, but whatever it was about that, people always gravitated toward it. And it like our fan base grew and like, um, almost like the demand for us to like get together and keep doing things uh, rose as well. Um, and it wasn't until, uh, what, 2014 that like even me and Mike after like, I mean, by this point I had already like gone the full circle and committed. Now I'm like, fuck it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to dance for a living. You know what I mean? Um, I come back to the idea of doing it and it was like, 
doing your own career was dope. Going out there, making YouTube videos, you know, dancing with other people, meeting other people, teaching at dance classes uh, or dance camps around the world and traveling and seeing different countries and reaching different communities was dope. And all of us were doing it at that time um, as individuals, but, like, it didn't spell out, like, legacy. It didn't spell out, like, a, a big future. You know what I mean? Like, what happened if I got injured? What happened if I, um, you know, like, got older and couldn't dance the same way and there's, like, a bunch of, like, you know, young blood coming in and doing everything that I'm doing but just better and, like, more physically capable based off of just the way that, like, athleticism in this this sport works. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it's a, it takes a very physical toll to do what you got to do. So um, there was just this calling where we were like, yo, we can do more powerful things if we consistently do it together. We can make bigger noise, make bigger impact make longer strides and, and truly create something everlasting if we stick behind like an idea or an image or a brand um, versus just like, you know, in my case, the brand Anthony Lee. The second I stopped doing stuff, my brand dies. Um, so like once we got into that mentality and once we started even pushing Kinja's as its own thing was the second this giant concept of social responsibility like took its place. You know what I mean? Gone with the days we could still be degaff in one sense but at the same time there's there's layers to that you know what i mean like we know sure. that kids are, are are paying attention we know that you know we're given this microphone and this platform to do something it doesn't matter if there's you know like a million people paying attention or like 10 you know what i'm saying like like we can do something powerful uh, even if it is the degaffness and teaching people that they can do whatever they want or or whatever it would have to still be done in such a way that was uh, respectable um, for us to ourselves as well. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. I love like the the way that you're to me when you say degaff. I think that sounds <clears throat> irresponsible and reckless, right? But it's not. I feel like it's um, originality. Yeah, originality. But like, I mean, to be original, you you kind of just have to be fearless, right? Yeah. And I think that's what I'm seeing in the quote-unquote degaffness of Kinja's. Um, and I see that in, like, literally everybody here within Kinja's. Like, there's a sense of, like, screw it, I'm going to do what I believe in, but I know that, like, I need to ha have a plan and, and kind of just, like, figure it out before just, like, recklessly going out into the blue and then, like, not knowing what you're doing once you get there. And I think there's, there's a balance between having a plan and... Um, and like, just like, okay, I don't have it all figured out yet, but like, let me just start making moves and let me get myself around some people that like I believe in and that believe in me and that we're going to go do things together. And I think that's the thing that I'm seeing. Like, um, yeah, like, I mean, like, think about it. Like, this all kind of started from a college performance, a.k.a. you were at college. You went to college because you thought that was the plan. Like, I'm going to go major in this thing, go get a job in that field. Little did you know, like, no, I'm going to like dance at that college. And then the thing that I did as a hobby and for fun ended up being the thing that I actually like went full on into. And I think that to me, yeah, it's DGAF, but it's not reckless. I think it's actually just like, I don't know, like there's a sense of fearlessness, right? Hey, man, sure. it's just life too. You know what I mean? I feel like you're handed things and you can either just like go with the flow, which is always good. Flow is always good. But there's also like, taking the time to pay attention to like what's being gifted to you you know what i mean like not everybody gets the same journey or the same path so like to listen to like the variables that are given to you at any given time is also it's like a risk 
but it's also I don't know. It's just natural. You know what I mean? Like something, something just happens in life, and 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 this is how you feel. And and if it's important enough to you, then like you got to ride that out. You know what I mean? Because I think we're all so subjugated to like what is important to us all the time since birth up until like you know you're responsible for yourself. You're being like taught and or fed like a way of life or a standard of living or like some things that are meant to be important and um there's still so much room for each person as an individual to find them out find that out for themselves um and it was never to be completely frank it was never like that deep for us um in the beginning it was just fun and that's what kinjas was it was just fun um and then there was there was i think through our own like conversations with each other and like maturing ourselves and like recognizing where like we've been to understand where we want to go like there was literally just like this slow and steady but positive incline of maturation of like what dance meant to to us and what kinjas meant to us like it was it was just for fun it was always just the fun thing that we could retreat to and dance um and i think i know that like i definitely can speak for yeah all of us now when it's like it still should be that for yeah. us. Otherwise, we'll ruin the dance. We'll ruin all of it. You know what I mean? Um, and we battle those things today. I think that's the biggest difference between back then and what it is now. We still have to have those very conscious battles today of making sure that we're doing things with our own concept of like artistic integrity, with our own you know, understanding of what makes something truly like our own or passionate or original or fun or like just authentic, just what we're about, you know. And if we're if we're doing a message for a show, it's not because we're trying to win first place and touch people's hearts. It's because like, yo, that's just how we're feeling. Or if we don't do one and we just want to get down, that's probably just because that's where we're at in life. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be about like what's the most like I don't know, right or strategic move. And and to to keep it honest with you, Mike and I are probably more we enjoy strategy maybe more than we enjoy artistry sometimes. Hmm. Like we love like how things play out. We're over analytical. We pay attention to a bunch of stuff. We we, we love like, you know, just like the details of, of process and, and how you can get to one thing that you didn't believe you could get to. So you have to figure out which way to go about that. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to go from A to Z. Like we love figuring out B to to, to Y. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? In order to like make it work because like we just don't. I don't know. We're, we're just like that. You know, we don't like the idea of not. Like if, if people say it can't be done, we like that challenge, and um, I feel like that is truly the key inside. Like I, I guess what gives us our intention even today, but that's also the thing that makes it very different um, from like when it was just like a fun project where we were escaping to what it is now, where people are actually paying attention. And more importantly, this is like our livelihood now, uh, not just for us, but everybody in the crew, anybody who's like really putting their full energy into Kinja's like. We're trying to make not just the dance game, but the the game of doing what you love with who you love. Like that's a that's a lovely and difficult game to survive. You know what I'm saying? But like we're trying to make that work for everybody, and and doing that with like the same kind of foundations of how we all began, but still making it successful. Like that's that's the challenge, but that's the thing we love about it all. I love that. Love that. Um, all right. I feel like this is something that, uh, I mean, we get tons of questions anytime we all teach classes, right? Um, I think one of the questions that I get a lot uh, is like, college education, how important is it? Do I need to go to college? What would you recommend? What would you, what advice would you give to the person who asks you that question? 
Tap tap mic. <laughs> um, what is my most authentic answer right now? Yes, um, we want the authenticity. Fuck calling. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That would be funny. How you feel? That was funny. Um, I guess I would say there's so many variables, man. College was one of my favorite times of life. Hell yeah. <laughs> Me too. Uh, I was a business econ major. Do I use any of that business econ major in what I do today? Maybe like 0.07%. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, not at all. But I guess to you know answer your question, I think no matter what, you can't search for the easy way out. I think there's some sort of, uh, at a younger age, there's a, there's this idea, this underlying idea that following your passion is just all fun and games. And uh, school is just so boring, but I could just have fun all the time. But I think, uh, I think quite the contrary. I think uh, this is something my sister told me when I, when I said I was, I asked her if I was going to pursue uh, dance. And I said, uh, do you think this is a good idea? So my sister works a full-time job. I trust her. She's like one of my closest friends. And uh, I asked her uh, when I was graduating college, I was doing Kaaba Modern at the time. We were traveling. Uh, we had just gotten off ABDC. And, uh, you know, I was on that high. I was like going to school in Spain one weekend, going back to school, Spain another weekend in New Orleans, like thinking I was all that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and thinking like, yo, I'm going to ride this roller coaster. Let's go. And then my sister just said something so simple to me that uh, still resonates with me to this day. And she said, uh, I think you should pursue it. But if you're going to pursue it, I think that um, at the barest minimum, you should think of it as a nine to five. You should be putting in nine to five hours just as much, if not more, because you get to pursue your passion. So don't think of it as some like, yo, I'm just going to have fun and dance. Think of it like in order to earn that, then you should be working harder than any other person is at some nine to five job because the responsibility is just the same, if not more. And that really resonated with me because it, it, big sisters. Yep. Uh, it, it just, uh, it just made so much sense for me. You know, you know what I'm saying? It was like, uh, crystal clear that, Hey, this is not just a game. Of course it's like so much fun and a game at times, but I have to earn that like anything. Right. And, um, it's that balance, that yeah. freaking balance of, uh, degaffness, or social responsibility, like Ant's talking about. I feel like in that same fashion, um, when we talk about schooling, college versus your passion, I think uh, there is no right way to do it. I think it's more so like whatever you do, do it to your fullest extent. And don't think like, ah, that's too hard. I don't want to do it. I just want to do this. If you're thinking the easy way out, then um, I, I don't vibe with that or I don't. That's not what I would condone. I would, I would vote for the direction of um, really just whether it's school, then go full on with school and dance, make it happen at the same time. And like if you have those parental stresses, then, um, then your approach can be, hey, I'm going to make it all work. Like I'll make my parents happy and dance. You know what I'm saying? If you're like not nah, F that, I just want to dance, then you better go like 300 Super Saiyan percent on dance. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta just um, everyone. Like Ant was saying, everyone's dealt different cards. There's no right answer that's gonna apply to everybody. But in my experience, I think school was awesome. 
I learned a lot from uh, the entire experience, but it wasn't just from the books, obviously. It was from the people that I met, from the organizations and clubs that I joined. And those things uh, equipped me with life skills that um, I still use every single day, every single minute in all facets of my life, from the business to my family, to my friends, to my family my marriage, like everything came from my experiences in college. I can literally pinpoint the sources. So to bring it all back, if you want to ask me, was your college experience worth it? Hell yes. That's what I'm talking about. But is there a clear cut way on how to go about your college experience? Nope. You got different variables. You got to figure that shit out, son. Uh, or daughter. <laughs> or daughter. Uh, That's freaking good. That's like, I, I feel like, I don't know. Yeah, you, you said it. Like, everybody's dealt a different hand. Not everybody's life circumstances look the same, right? Um, for myself, I feel like college to me was an opportunity to find more life experiences out. And I think if you have, like, at a young age, say you're a high school kid that just knows, I'm going to go do this, and I know I don't need college for that, then I would say go do that. Don't go to college and put in every single hour you would spend in a class or reading that book or studying for that test. Put those hours into that thing that you're so sure of doing. Um, if not, if you're unsure of what you're going to do, then look at college as an opportunity to find other things out, right? Like you said, joining clubs, social groups, to joining a dance team, to freaking going to an event or a speech or a whatever, right? Like, I think it's just an opportunity. Um, and I think, yeah, that's, you'll find valuable things in giving yourself or taking those chances to open yourself up to like new things, right? Uh, and, and I, I want to wanna... like, give you another side of this context too, because I didn't go to college like at all. And uh, it's just like what Mike is saying. Like I took that route and the only thing that I could think about was working really, really freaking hard. And, and that's that's why I'm at the point where I am today. So as just wanted to put that in there. And Charlie's the killing the game, by the way. I'm inspired very much by this guy. I appreciate these that. days for sure. Well, Mike, what were you going to say? Sorry. Oh, no. Uh, just... For me, I've, my mindset these days also has been a, just follow your curiosity. Mm. So I think if you're genuinely curious about something, it will elicit the most genuine um, actions from you. You know what I'm saying? Versus what other people think you should do or what the societal expectations are. But if you're genuinely curious about something, I think that's that's the life experience, right? Following like, hey, I'm so curious about this that I, I i need to find out more about this you know what i'm saying tell him tell him that quote that you uh you heard yeah i uh i recently uh my wife told me uh this quote uh, we've been talking a lot about um passions and what does passion really mean and as you get older like how does your relationships with your passions or hobbies um get affected uh and uh, she told me this quote that she uh heard recently and it was um Choose curiosity over passion. And I love that quote um, for a lot of reasons, but I guess just to keep it simple, um, for me, it's like passion is this thing where uh, you almost feel like it has to be a chore. And once you declare something as your passion, then you there's a certain way to go about that. And if you don't, then you feel some sort of like guilt or whatever. And although that could be true to some extent, 
and justified in certain ways. Um, I think in the the long marathon of life, curiosity will stay constant. You will always be curious about things or at least uh, have a quest to search for things you're curious about. You know, like if you have a question about something and that time you randomly want to Google it, like go down those rabbit holes. Like your brain genuinely asks you those questions. Who knows what that could lead to? But that's something that came from within your heart, that question mark, not this is my passion. I got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Which is also important. But I think curiosity is this, uh, this genuine factor that exists in all of us and the human experience where uh, it will elicit that hard work and it will elicit that, uh, that knowledge, wisdom you hope to gain because uh, your brain generated that. Your brain actually just generated this question mark. And so I think that is uh, no matter what going to be a good use of your time and a great risk to take. That was beautiful. That. That's great. Wow. And so I feel like you're, you are you have a lot of thoughts. I see a lot of animation going on in the corner, but not a lot of talking. But like, I feel like you, you, oh, you have no, a lot no. to offer to this I'm just hella vibing bro. off of everything I'm saying. The difference is like, I'm just giving him his time to say his thing because it's always glorious, you know? It is it glorious. glorious. It's glorious. It was very, very glorious. Yeah. It's really good. And I'm just making funny faces at Charlie because that's what you do with Charlie. You know what I'm saying? You just make funny faces. <laughs> see, this is why we need video because they, they'll see all the funny nah, faces man, happening. Not, if we have video, I won't be making funny faces. Yeah, Social true. responsibility. Okay, so this this, you know personal, this <laughs> particular one, this particular podcast is good with that. Video. I was also dealing cards to people when you guys there were saying that. Just so you get a... Nice I, to me, the only things that... Uh, like, I can only talk about my personal experience, you know what I mean? To like really go out there and be like, this is my advice. Like, I, I can't do that. Like, I can give an opinion. You know what I mean? Advice is a very, very serious thing to, to offer anybody. So just like Mike said, you know what I mean? Like, if you're curious, you know, whatever it is you go for, go for it. And if you go for it, go for it for real in order to understand. To me, if you're going to ask me about college, like, I can only draw from my experiences. I If I didn't go to college, I wouldn't have met Mike. If I wouldn't have met Mike, we wouldn't have Kinjas. If we didn't have Kinjas, we wouldn't be here. So, like, boom. How the hell would I contest the idea of any, you know, if I had, if and or when I have children, if they're going to be like, yeah, should I go to college? I'm going to be like, well, you do whatever you want, but realistically, the best shit happened in my life because of college. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, uh, that is what it is. But I also like, Charlie's also one of my best friends here, and it's like, he didn't go to college. So, like, it is, it is what it is. Whatever, like, you know, Mike was reaffirming, whatever cards you get dealt, you go for it. But I also feel like chances are the people listening to this podcast are fans of us and are fans of people that, like, understand and or seek something that is relatable to the way in which we've manifested our journey. Yeah. Therefore, if, you're, you, if you are listening, then, like, whatever it is that just, again, just like Mike said, I'll reaffirm, like, if you're curious about something, if you if you seek something, if you have questions, like feel free to go answer them because like I don't know everything wonderful, uh, whether it's come with stress or hardship or not, everything glorious that has really come to our life's experience has been based off of us pursuing things relentlessly, things that we are passionate and or curious about. If we we only became passionate because we were curious about them at some point in time, Absolutely. you know. So um, yeah, I just. I vibe with it, you know. Um, I want to take the direction a little differently right now, just a little lighthearted. <laughs> All right, so if you could choose one actor for your movie, like this is a movie about you, like say 
uh, Mike Song. This movie is called Mike Song, a documentary. Like, who would you choose as your actor? Or the lax action heroes? It would be, uh, Mike, Mike Song, Song. Curiosity <laughs> over passion. <laughs> uh, that's good. I'll start it off. Let you guys think. Uh, <laughs> I know you guys are thinking real hard. I already have an answer. Um, I would choose John Travolta. Why John Travolta? You're asking and looking at me so strangely because one person a long time ago came up to me and said, "Hey, you have the same features as John Travolta: strong chin, beautiful face." So I've always <laughs> used that as my as something that I like. So John Travolta. That's spot on. But man. then John Travolta when he was in Swordfish. Yeah, that's good. So he's got like a little like goatee kind of thing with ha- with Halle Berry. Yeah. I never seen that. Is it good? He's is that a good movie? He's Swordfish a bad guy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun, fun. movie. Okay. It's one fun. of those like complicated like crime things where there's a mastermind behind that has like a bunch like a bunch of layers to different yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming so like, John Travolta yeah. was oh, Halle Berry. Shows her boobs. Is the computer guy yeah. Hugh Jackman? Is Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Wolverine. Okay. But more importantly, Halle Berry shows her boobs in this movie. Oh, I did hear about that. Yes, but John Travolta is my character. Please let's not talk about boobs. Social John Travolta. Okay. I'm going to have to watch Swordfish to, to get the visual in my head because I don't have his character. Uh, popcorn Ben Chung. Uh, sorry. So who would play me in yeah. my movie? Yeah. Wow. Uh, man. Who Amen would play to that, brother. me in my movie? Uh, I mean, like, just selfishly, like, I would want Brad Pitt just because I think Brad Pitt's just the sickest. But that's also just because, like, I want to say that I have Brad Pitt playing me in a movie. Not to say that there's any real, like... I'm making the confused face emoji for everybody right now. Yeah, everyone needs to see Anthony's face right now. Hey, I don't know, man. I just want to cop out with the good-looking bro. I just want to, like I said, I just want to say, this is like me being put on the spot, and I haven't put a lot of thought into it. Charlie came up with the question. We're going to come back to Ben. Because we're unsatisfied with his answer. Fine, come back to me. He's too good-looking. Too good-looking. He is good though. He's really good in he's seven. Really good actor. He's also really he's good. He's good. In- yeah, he's a, he's a like good I'm actor. Saying, I'm not, okay, fine. I'm just jealous. I want to be Brad Pitt. <laughs> I'm not saying who I had is that the on my most Facebook like for a long time. I am the most like Brad Pitt. There's you no limitations me. on this question. Who we can I wanted to we want. play me? I would love Brad Pitt to play me. Yeah. That's then like- I want Drew Barrymore. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. That's good, Brad Pitt. Okay, let's. I might change my answer. Come back. It's a good answer. I'm just jealous. All right, popcorn, but. Baben Chung. I popcorn Anthony. That's messed up. <laughs> okay, so Brad Pitt is my second string. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Who's better than Brad Pitt? Okay, better first of all, Brad. I have two answers. I have one that I will give myself, and I have one that I feel like other people might give me. Other people might tell me that I would be Vince Vaughn. Yeah, I would have given Vince Vaughn. I I, there's nothing wrong with that i enjoy him but if i was gonna like pick somebody myself thank you very much i might go with denzel washington hey see wow. just one of the greatest actors of all, all right, time come back to me and then i'll choose mine the, the other one that is more realistic i will be honest he doesn't look like me <laughs> really i might look like a little bit more like a john cho yeah, that's Dang, actually spot you on. You look, look like, like John Cho. Cho. I know, I know. Out. I've been told this many a time. Dude. People don't even say John Cho, though. They say Harold. You're like John Cho's Dang. face with Vince Vaughn's personality, but Denzel Washington's demeanor. Wow. I'm down. I'm not <laughs> mad at that. I'm going to take that. Matter of fact, I accept it. Everybody else should, too. Thank you very much. Moving on. Popcorn, please. Popcorn. Oh. 
Popcorn Mike Fell. Wow, actually, for Brad Pitt and Denzel were two of my answers, but um, I See? guess I'm gonna go for uh, another one of my favorite actors. I'll go with Matt Damon uh, because Ooh. of his performance in Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I can oh, see okay. Matt Damon yeah. Goodwill hunting as a Mike Fowl. Mike Fowl is kind of yeah. like a Matt Damon. Yeah. Definitely, definitely not a Ocean's Eleven Matt Damon. No, 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 well, no, I, no. I love his character. Yeah, in, great character, but like that's not Mike Fowl. Definitely more of a Goodwill hunting. But in Ocean's Twelve, <laughs> that's really, true because he got yeah, better in Ocean's, in Ocean's 12. Twelve. Definitely not in Elysium. He played Mike Fowl. he played more of a crucial role in Ocean's. 12, oh, but like in The Martian. The Martian, the Martian, I feel like the good. Mike Fowl. Yeah. yeah. The Martian, for sure. Yeah, instead of potatoes, it's like podcast equipment. Okay, please. Continue. I thought and you were going to potatoes. Wow. Oh, you missed that one. Uh, I'm going to popcorn Mike's song. Oh, damn. I had all this time to think about it. Yeah, Mike's had the <laughs> longest. Yeah. He was almost doing his Fu Manchu, stroking his fake <laughs> Mike beard. Mike is Shang Tsung. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys don't get that reference, I'm Shang Tsung because my hair is really long right now and I got like white strings in my hair. And people used to always like tell me, why don't you go down? I'd be like, yo, man, it's because I'm going to look like Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> now he now grew up. I finally said, Evan, <laughs> oh, dude. dude and he looks like Shang Tsung right from Mortal <laughs> Kombat. <full> <laughs> that was good. Uh, but anyways, we're digressing here, okay? Um, we're digressing. Oh yeah, okay. always. <laughs> um, I guess I would say you know I was trying to think of actors and for some reason there was something uh, just slightly unsettling about the fact that you know I couldn't think of any actors that look like me. You know what I'm saying? Purely on was just that like the a, criteria, the actor that looks like. No, there was no. I'm Brad Pitt for sure. I'm definitely Brad Pitt. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But I don't I, look like Brad Pitt. But I'm, I'm definitely. I, I look like Brad Pitt. I feel like he looks exactly like me. <laughs> you know, just like was, blonde hair and stuff. There was yeah, no yeah, criteria. Sure. I didn't. I'm not even talking about the criteria. I'm well aware that that wasn't part of the criteria. But just in my own personal choice. I'm just like imagining myself, you know, with, uh, you know, let's say it was like a Matt Damon or a Denzel or Brad. And I'm like, I, don't, I have I don't, who I, don't. I think I should play Mike's song. Well, can oh, we let, let, it, let him go first? Let him go first. Okay, okay. I got like a bunch of options okay. for different scenarios because Mike's got like a very dynamic offer. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Okay. Go, Mike. All right. Well, because I couldn't picture anyone, I just imagine myself like looking and I'm like, I don't see it. It just wouldn't be like how I see it. It's right? because you would make yourself an anime movie and it would be voiced by you. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's an option. That is definitely an option. But fuck, I don't know why my my first thing I naturally thought of was Lawrence Cow. Wow. Straight up. Hey, Lawrence Cow is my favorite Asian yeah, actor. Yeah, because like he's Asian. He's my favorite Asian actor. And then I would be able to like, honestly, I feel like I could co-write that with him and have a great life experience from that. Whereas, I don't know, I could see some like A-list celebrity and I'd be in the room with them and they wouldn't give a fuck about me. You know what I'm saying? If I don't know them already. Yeah, you have to go super so real with Mike's yeah. always <laughs> got these no really way good Brad answers. Pitt's gonna be down to play my life. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I know John Travolta. He's my buddy. I'm just kidding. Well, yeah, okay. Wow. That was... I gotta hit up Denzel. Just hit him up, dude. <laughs> Uh, cool. But I'm curious. Hey, wait. I am curious though. We're, we're, you guys were all hella excited about who would play me. <laughs> wait, I want to hear Ben's going to go off. He was the one who was yelling. I feel like Jim Carrey playing Mike's song would be so sick. <laughs> I dude. fully fucking agree. Wow. So sick. You would wow. be good. I'm saying he'd be wow. good. I'm not yeah. saying he's the embodiment wow, of wow, Michael. Wow, wow, he don't wow. look like Mike's Yo, song. I'm not mad at that at all. But Jim yeah. Carrey, like this dude, is okay. When I don't know if you guys. 
have people, ever people eaten, don't know that Mike. Song, yeah, though, if you've different. ever eaten food with Mike and delicious food, and or and or just ever seen Mike excited or passionate about anything, which is a lot of things, man, this guy is the most animated guy. That will, even if you cannot really care so much about it, you will after you see how excited he gets. And I feel like that is like Jim Carrey's like superpower. Eating I, with Mike is just what, like watching a movie in yeah. itself. I have, an, I have another option. I have another option. But once I bestow it oh. upon him, I will also be jealous because this guy is also like just, I would love him to play me as well. Wow. All right. <laughs> I'm all ears, guys. It would be good. Will Smith. Wow. Will Smith. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dude, Will Smith. It, okay. N- not like I am legend Will Smith or seven pounds Will Smith or anything <laughs> like that. Don't go anything in the deep uh, realm. Will Smith? Which, which, I'm which? talking like anything Men in relate. Men, Men in Black. Men in Black Will Smith. Okay. Fresh Prince even. It's Independence oh, yeah. Day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Independence <laughs> Day Will Smith is wild, also wild like. West. Yeah. Yeah. Bad Boys. More, wild, more so Wild Wild, wild West. West than Independence Day maybe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would be Robin Williams. Okay. That's a good one. Talking about Mike right now, but yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. We'll get back to you, Charlie. I just yeah. want to throw it out there. Yeah. Now I can leave it alone. <laughs> Will Smith's also just like a, a good dude, yeah. right? You know what yeah. I mean? He always plays a role that's always a good dude, but... Yeah. He also can get in those roles of that degaff nature, right? Uh-huh. Of that, like, I don't give a damn, yep. how, especially in French Prince, Fresh oh, Prince, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Dude, that Hitch. fool is. Uh, oh, yeah. Hitch, Hitch. man. Oh, come yeah, on. Hitch you know is, what I'm yeah. saying? So good. So diverse. Wow, guys. I have. Uh, I'm very surprised. Uh, you could say I, flattered. Yeah, yeah, I could say flattered for sure. Um, you could I say blushing too. I'm if you super want. down. I'm super down for both of those. I actually could see Will Smith playing Anthony. I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> I could see that. Will yeah. Smith is Anthony. Yeah. I could definitely. I'll definitely that. take it. The only <laughs> difference is I swear that. a lot. Oh, that's funny. That's, that's yeah. yeah. That's kind of okay. True. I'm gonna stop swearing from now, so I get Will Smith more. There it is. Right. And there you there have it. it. Is man. This is, I see Will Smith for Ant. I I I feel Jim Carrey. I would be like super down for Jim Carrey, yeah. but I am a little bit intimidated by where he's at in life right now. That's I'm not saying Jim, Jim Carrey in life. I'm saying Jim Carrey and his talent and like the roles that he's played and like what he's like really good at. Yeah, that's true. And he's very diverse. You I know? also have Robert Downey Jr. on my bench. Oh my yo! Before even Will Smith, yes, Robert Downey Jr. for Anthony. Hey, to be honest, way more Robert Downey yeah. Jr. Than Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The witty, like yeah, yeah, sarcastic, sure. and like I'm sure. smarter than Stop, everybody guys. in the Stop. room. Stop, yeah. like, but Wait, I'm gonna act fuck? like I'm not. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Because Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> there needs to be middle fingers up. Will Smith. Yeah. His yeah, Will Smith yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. have middle fingers yeah, up. Yeah, Robert. Yeah. Will Smith's a Family Guy. Yeah. No. No. He's got one thumb up, and then he pushes it to the side and goes. Yeah, oh. <laughs> guys. Two thumbs up and he picks up a this little. Is where I wish we had video. <laughs> Charlie's like Jazzy J, Jazzy Jeff, right? Jazzy, Jazzy Jeff, Jeff? yeah. Jazzy Jeff. Jeff. the guy in the other end of Will Smith. Wow. wow. I'm Jazzy good. Jeff. Yeah. DJ Jazzy <laughs> Jeff. I'm honored. Yeah. Wow. I am honored. That's pretty dope. I and that. I liked him on that show. I see that. He was. And you know, uh, uh, Charles I, is also Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> Miss Herbert. <laughs> I don't know who that is. is that comedian? Comedian. Comedian. Okay. Yeah. I would I like that. I'll take that. Okay. But please, okay. uh let me Degrassi. Degrassi. <laughs> Shout out. I had that one Drake. in the bag for a long time. There it is. Um, do you want to move on to maybe something more productive? Why, are we like running out of time? 
Bro, this is our podcast, bro. We can go as long as we want, man. Ben, don't we'll yell at me up. through the microphone. We'll it's split this up into it two is long, episodes. Though, like a lot of people. Okay. Are you guys getting we bored? Can, oh, we can split it up. Yeah, okay. we can split it up. No, I'm not getting bored. I'm getting buzzed. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens, dude. That's what happens. Well, I'll refill my cup three times. Fine, fine. We'll get back to the topic. We should talk about something like real crazy, you know? All right, all right. Now that was a fun game, though, Charlie. I appreciate breaking up the the seriousness of it. I can tell everyone was getting a little, you know, tense. Nah, but so I just wanted to massage you guys with my. Game. I love it. I love it. That's that doesn't sound here. right, but please. Right here. Ben, take All right. <laughs> um, earlier, Anthony, you said something about this is our sport, right? This is our sport. All right. Dance. Is dance a sport? I mean, yo, if Spike Ball's on ESPN, then yeah. Spike Ball's on ESPN? Dance Spike is Ball sport. is on ESPN. That's tight. Here's a the conversation is 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 wider than that. It's like the the concept of like objectivity versus subjectivity. That's the only problem. But if you can score the technicality of like a a figure skating, or if you can uh, uh, watch a gymnast's floor routine, you know what I mean to some sort of like classic song that is clearable on the olympics or whatever you know what i'm saying if you can do any of that stuff then like like how can you not consider something like dance where you are physically conditioning emotionally conditioning mentally conditioning um you can only do it in a quote-unquote prime for so many years because of how physical the nature of it is it takes decades of training to get to a master level um, there are stylistic options that provide your, uh, you know, from from the basic audience to understand that, like, wow, that is physically phenomenal. To that is something I cannot do. Whatever the range of that is, like, how can it not be considered something that is sport like, right? Um, you can see it in you got served or step up when people, t- you know, go back and forth. You can see it in like the concept of battles or cipher rounds. Like, the same way that. That like you watch b boys go off in a, in a five round battle and you have judges you know out of five voting which one won is the same way of scoring points in a martial arts bout right where like flags are being drawn up in each corner to to signify who won that one or the same way that you could throw a ball and, and it lands in a hoop right. Um, you can get injured the same way and it can like crush your game. You can be like the Derrick Rose of dance, you know what I'm saying, and be out for a long time if certain things happen to you because you're attempting physically difficult things. Um, you can, I don't know, there's so many parallels. Skateboarding? Yeah. yeah. Snowboarding? Surfing. You know what I mean? Like, like if you don't consider it a sport, it's probably because your perception of it is that you consider it an art. And that's not wrong. I think that's the difference. Um, but more so of whether dance is or is not a sport is a concept of perception. It's how you understand and see it. Guaranteed to any dancer, they can resonate with the sport-like attitude of what it takes to get to that place. Even to be the prima ballerina means you need to be competitive. Yeah, You know what I mean? Um, so it's like, how do you perceive the idea of sport? How do you perceive the way that like it translates to a, a person's lifestyle if they were to pursue that? You know, I think it is a sport. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it comes back down to uh, whatever craft or craft you decide you want to master. Right, you got to put in the the ten thousand hours right into whatever it is. If it's basketball, martial arts, 
ice skating, skateboarding, dance, all kind of the same thing. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, though, I, I have to go to Cairo sessions. I got to do my stretching. Yeah. Cryotherapy happens from time to time and or massages. You know, I'm physically sore and or drained. I got to hit the gym in order to be able to train and or practice things that I want to continue being able to do. Every time we get in a real choreographic and or just like class session, I'm sweating my ass off. Like my watch tells me I'm exercising when I'm dancing. Yeah, my little activity meter is, <laughs> is. is saying we hit your goal yeah, today of like 5,000 steps or whatever when yeah. you just mm -hmm. took a single class. Yeah. I think the training that goes into dance is just as much training um, as anything else, right? It's technique. It's technique. Technique you know? is involved mm -hmm. and, and athleticism and ability to physically and mentally put yourself in places where you can uh, excel and achieve to next levels of that thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Mike, do you have any thoughts on that? I feel like you're... you're pontificating over here <laughs> whoa pontification uh well my pontifications are as follows um, i hope so a i right. completely agree i draw a ton of inspiration from the whole trajectory of skateboarding that entire culture yeah because i feel like there's so many parallels and we are just uh maybe one generation behind from skateboarding in terms of how it was viewed what kind of uh quote-unquote anti-culture that that began as little siren right now we got police yeah, sirens yeah. or ambulances it's because your answer is so lit right oh, now oh, i said anti-culture and the siren came on they're coming to get you but um yeah man like i know that skating had different uh beginnings or similar beginnings um and eventually uh people in that culture uh had found the ability to articulate themselves in a way and organize in a way for the general masses to uh, understand. And I feel like that's a huge thing in this dance culture. It's really going to come down to who's going to be able to articulate on behalf of the culture, yep. uh, on behalf of the future of that culture, because um, I think that's the one of the most important weapons in um, the preservation of uh, the pr preservation and the ability for a culture to hit its potential is uh, to wield the universal weapon of communication and to get everybody to understand what's really going on with that culture because otherwise the masses can't understand but through the power of verbal language we are able to uh, articulate like hey um this is what's going on in this culture and it's kind of similar to like a lot of the facets of human nature and competition and physicality mentality spirituality that you uh you can probably relate to and so um yeah i i full wholeheartedly believe that dance is a sport and i think that um we're not far away from uh the world recognizing it as a sport as well but i think the reason why it's even a conversation that we are passionate about comes from the fact that um it's not perceived as that right now mm -hmm. And what does that mean? That means that dancers specifically who put the same amount of time or energy or love or passion or hard work into it as a person who is willing to kick a ball around or shoot a ball or throw a ball or whatever. All of these are related to balls. Um, <laughs> we should fucking put balls in our dance shows all the damn time. There should always be ball-oriented routines. I guarantee that would be on ESPN. Anyways. See, look. Anyways. Yeah. Point is... Um, it's not getting the same attention. You, we can't sign a deal to become a part of a team and get like $25 million for a three-year contract. Yeah. We can't get injured. And the second we get injured, we're escorted off the court 
you know, and, and met with physical therapists and our doctors at our at our wielding. You know, we can't get uh, profits off of like putting together a jersey and, and then millions of people are putting money in that thing. We can't do giant celebrity endorsements. You know what I mean? Where where like a huge multi-million or billion dollar companies willing to give us six-figure checks in order to say something that's going to be broadcast on national television and hit millions of people automatically. Like, we don't have those same opportunities. And do I think that dancers in general are deserving of them? Absolutely. So I think that's why, you know, especially us as the Kinjas are down to have that conversation and, and speak boldly and widespread about it in any place that we have the opportunity because... You know, I'm 32. When that time comes around, I don't think I'm going to benefit off of it, hella. But I think that if we want to talk about positive impact and legacy, I think that dancers for the future, people who only work their asses off to spread art, joy, and love, have a better opportunity and a chance. So that when they tell their parents, especially if they're Asian, you all want to dance for a living, they're not thinking that that's like a dead-end opportunity. They recognize that it's a real thing. It's practical. It's an enjoyable thing. It's it's progressive and positive for the world, full of a bunch of other bullshit anyway. Totally agree. And and I when I think about dance, I think I do think about skateboarding because I came up as a skater. That was the first thing that I ever wanted to be as a kid was a pro skateboarder. And um and at the time, you wouldn't see skateboarding on TV. Skateboarding was underground culture. It was considered almost like criminal activity. Like they, you would go to parking lots and they'd be like, no graffiti, no skateboarding. Like as if it was equated, like th- th- those are the things. And, and then all it took was for it to get a little bit of media exposure. You would see a commercial with the kids skateboarding. You would see a movie about skateboarding and everyone would get hyped. Like, yo, did you see that? And then dance kind of started to get that. I mean, I feel like dance was al- al- already like in media, but it was never perceived to be some sort of a sport and then you you know what's funny even in our own journey think about the times now in the very very beginning when we're going out there shooting dance concept videos guerrilla style just like hopping over fences going through different restricted yeah. areas trying to shoot stuff right and how many times we got rolled up on by security yes. guards or police officers Same kicking thing. us out yeah but think about also now more frequently than not anytime that's happened there's been mo- there's been moments where people recognize like oh yo are you are you guys are kinjas and they'll let us get one or two more runs in, even though that's not the most right thing that they're supposed to do. Like, the game is it's taking time, and we're putting our, a shitload of work and effort into it, but, like, the game can change. If, they, if we build enough of a notoriety, if we build enough of a presence with the dance culture and what it means and what it does in positive influence... Maybe more security guards, I don't know, out there will be down to let somebody like get some moves in. Yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely. And I and I think like not to get too historical on folks, but I mean if you guys don't know who Bruce Lee is, I strongly suggest you Google him. Um <laughs> he was somebody who believed that like martial arts was gonna be like this game changer for like the Western culture, right? Like he was one of the first. I'm not saying he's the the only one or the first, but he's one of the first or at least one of the most notable ones in our in our society or our culture now being in the western world like he was the one who said people need to see the beauty of our culture and a big part of that is kung fu right and like i i watched the dragon the bruce bruce lee story with jason scott lee and then there was a scene in there where um his girlfriend's mom at the time you know was like people need like hamburgers like you know mcdonald's like they need hamburgers not kung fu or not karate and he was like you know like you don't you just don't see it yet right and 
now if you look at sports, quote unquote sports, we, we have UFC, right? Which is what mixed martial arts, right? And I would say Bruce Lee is like the godfather of mixed martial arts. He was the one who said that there is no one style. It's a, it's a combination of the most effective and most efficient way to take down an opponent. But it's to study all styles so that you create your own style. And like that really translates even into how we view dance, right? That's like, like the definition of urban dance. Urban dance, man. right? It's not it's not necessarily one style. Like it's not breaking, it's not popping, it's not jazz, it's not ballet. It's literally a combination of all types of movement. It's the most effective style that you yeah. can use to take yeah. down your opponent. Exactly. And like what is that? Like that's considered a sport though. MMA is considered a sport where we can literally adapt that same exact mentality to what we do, but yet it's not there. But and, and it's not to be mad about it. It's just not there yet. And I think what I love about what we're talking about and what we're what we're for and what the envelope that we're pushing is to let the perception of what we do to be seen as that, right? That's what we're here for. Imagine imagine a world where like people perceived dance you know what I mean? At the same or higher level as the way that people watch other dudes fight each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you can watch a Conor McGregor Mayweather fight, but really you're watching two top dancers go at it, and and literally all that you're seeing is respect and love versus... I mean, you see respect and love when you see two people beat each other up, but you also see two people beat each other up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot so like, there. imagine if if just the world happened to socially perceive dance at the same level of entertainment, and those two dancers walked away with 150 million dollars. Yeah, and that all that did was make a generation of children who were inspired by that think like, "Yo, I love spreading love." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love spreading love. Yeah, that's real. You know what I mean? Like. As dumb as it sounds, or as cliche as it might be, or corny or whatever, it's corny. Dance is fucking corny. You know what I mean? Like instead of putting up your fists or a gun, you you could call somebody out and battle them to set aside your differences. You like, know what I think? That it would is, be a though, freaking world. I feel like what people like want, like I guess what people think they need to identify something as a sport is like quantifiable points. Right, like if you put the ball through the Absolutely. hoop this you can, many you can times, bet on dancing the same way that you can bet on like stats. Right, you can bet on like. But I mean, it, it it really just depends on like how you like identify a point. Like in MMA, like what is considered a point? Is it like actual clean shots to the face or takedowns or you know what I'm saying? Like, and then obviously the submission means that this person lost, right? Or the victory is based off of that. But like. It, it, uh, let's take it to like synchronized swimming. There's like figure skating. There's like gymnastics, and the, what what is it called? The gymnastics where they do like a like a floor routine, right? And I like I think it's the gymnast floor routine. The gymnast floor. See, that show shows. No, I'm there's, not, a, there's also rhythmic I'm gymnastics. Rhythm, rhythmic yeah. gymnastics. There, so there there's a choreographic aspect to that. You need to hit all your lands in a such a clean. I mean, you type can make way. up any concept to how you exactly. you do sports, even even in terms of its rules. It, it doesn't need to go by the same rule books. I mean, for example, even in dance, you could start. Everybody starts with like ten points, right? And you could deduct based off of shit that you see. Yeah, it's like it's like when you see America's Got Talent or whatever. You know what I mean? Everybody's like good until you get X'd out. And if only like one person X's you out, but everybody stays on, you still got a chance. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there could be a multitude of ways that you can score or or objectify something 
or even in the, in the idea that sports is already presented, there's always a panel of an odd number of judges, minimum three, and, and you can go up to fucking 13 or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. By that point, you're getting a subjective and widespread feel to grade a subjective presentation. And at the end of the day, if a majority dictate that you deserve to win something just like we do in competition now, then it's already a competition. Yeah. We have dance, we have things like arena dance competition. It's already competitive. It's already great. There's a point system based off of your execution to your presentation, crowd appeal, the costume, you know what I mean? And and there's a, a widespread, you know what I mean, judicial panel yeah. that are fully reputable and credible at most competitions. <laughs> to yeah. to dictate whether or not somebody is more or less deserving of the title of championship or pedestaled by first, second, and third. It's already a thing. It just doesn't necessarily have the same notoriety as regular sports because because of time. And I I think it just takes time. I think yeah. it takes time for the right artistry or the right platform to go out there where the mass media will adopt. And you're seeing it. You're seeing the generations of so you think you can dance? Is there were America's Best Dance Crew? So you know, uh, Dancing with the Stars, NBC World of Dances. You're seeing that even in China, we've been working on dance shows like you know Yoku's Street Dance of China to uh, Aishi's Hot Blood Dance Crew to even other dance shows that are happening in in a a nation that has like one sixth of the population of the world. You know what I mean? Like it is growing, and and we're the conversation is just about how far we can get it. Absolutely. In our time, in our time that we're given, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I think in this particular conversation that we're having right now, I feel there's a lot of uh, passion, <laughs> obviously, right? Because we we know We've what been we drinking. that too that helps, but uh, we know what we as Kinjas, um, what our intention and like what we really want to build as far as our future and um, yeah, like the the legacy ultimately that we want to leave as kinjas and and we're not even close anywhere close to like hanging up quote unquote hanging up our dance shoes right um but i feel like these are some topics that i feel like um not only do our fan base you know wants to learn about but like this is something that we really want to educate ourselves on and continue to like push um but for the sake of time, you know, we don't want to. I feel like we can ask like way more questions, right? But let's get to some like. I mean, some, maybe we can have them on again. Oh yeah, right. Like maybe we can have on the founders of Kinjas uh, on the Kinjas podcast again. Maybe. Right? Yeah. So yeah. that way, maybe we can go eat right now. And maybe we can go eat. Daikokuya, anyone? Anyway. Um. All right. Cool. So. All right. Let's just do this. Uh. What what is next for Kinjas? What is like the the dream? Um, what is the goal? What are like some immediate things? I know that there's like the one, three, five, ten that we can all do, but like let's just whatever comes to your head. What what would you love to see Kinjas accomplish off the top of your head? We can go forever on this topic, but just go with whatever comes first. Theater show. Theater show. I was just thinking that. I was thinking, I'm gonna let you guys think, but in my mind. Theater, theater show. Boom. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Theater show. Think about it. Let that be whatever you want it to be. But just know that it's been one of our dreams since the beginning. And uh, it's on the horizon. Mic drop. I'm done. Boom. I fully agree. And if I were to just say anything else that's juicy, I would also say instead of just what's next, it's like who's next 
for Kinjas because oh. that's the future. Mm. That's where it's always gonna go. <laughs> Teasers. Teasers. Um all right, so we have this thing. We have this thing called the golden rule. I think we all kind of know in our minds what the golden rule is, right? Um, but we choose to just use that as like what is your life mantra? What is the thing that you've either heard from somebody, figured out for yourself in through life, but you've decided like, you know what? I need to like live my life based off of these principles or a principle. What is your golden rule? Yo, you're like asking us like which means it's total like we're totally privy to say shit like respect all fear none, uh, kin at all costs, movement in the shadows. Like we like that all hashtagable things, man. That's that's literally we w- we only wanted to project the things that we believe in. And when we say things like movement in the shadow, that's that's like that is the, the the humble life, you know what I mean? To constantly and always be a student, to always do things regardless of praise and recognition, and and to continue to do things. And and, and the thing is, the shadows is as people perceive a dark place and, and everybody runs through those dark places. So you always got to move through them, you know what I mean? And move in them. You can't avoid them. You just move in them and find your way. Um, and it's like a duality been, yeah. of hustle and humility though. So it's, it's a little bit more beyond humility. It's also that constant hustle to always be moving. It's not just about staying in the yeah. shadows, right? It's just like constantly moving, making sure that, uh, we are growing, uh, pushing ourselves, but, uh, no one has to know about it. Hell yeah. Hey, work hard, stay humble, baby. Um, oh, I'm waiting for that shirt to be released again. We need to do a re-release of that the shirt. The black yeah, one, the true. white one. And Mike Song's balance shirts. Those oh, I, I still have that oh, in yeah. my, my dresser. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, dude. We get to, yeah, we bro. get to talk about that a little bit. Like, you want to talk about, like, life mantras and stuff. We talk about things like respect all, fear none. Like, yo, to respect all is to respect all. You know what I mean? Whether it be, like, the earth or your fellow peers um to yourself you know you got to respect and and to fear none is not easy it's it's not like just you know this arbitrary thing you live by it's something that you practice and you work hard at every day it's not easy um but you do it because that's that's the most righteous life to do it without fear right will smith said it in a terrible movie but you know like (laughs) like fear like danger is a reality but fear is a choice so like you really got to just understand that you know wow that's good then you talk about kin at all costs like yo like if you're not doing it for things beyond yourself like what think about that what are you really doing it for you know what i mean to to live just for yourself is is to live a selfish life um to be able to do something for somebody else is to live a worthwhile life you know love that Absolutely love that. Mike, where you at, man? The golden rule for yourself. Um, I mean, obviously, I echo everything uh, Anthony's saying. Um, That's Kendra's, baby. If I were to add on to that, personally, uh, I wouldn't say there's like a phrase. It's just a simple word of balance. Like, love I it. feel like there's a duality and balance and like life until the very end will be a journey to find balance and you'll never I almost feel like you'll never always have it right you'll just find those moments of balance and then you'll tip the other way mm. and you're gonna tip so hard in that direction that you're gonna have to catch yourself get checked and then you're gonna have to tip the other way you might find a moment of balance and then you're gonna have to tip back the other way and I feel like it's yeah. that duality to all these mantras that we have in kinjas I feel like there's an 
inherent duality to all of those things. Respect all, fear none. There's a duality. Too mm. much fearing of none, aka degafness, uh, breeds a lack of respect. Yeah. But so much respect for others also can breed um, uh, uh, a type of uh, fear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, wanting to do that so much that you're respecting others at the cost of um, protecting yourself. And so I feel like the, the duality and balance is inherent in respect all fear none. To kin at all costs, uh, valuing your family at any cost, I think that uh, the duality of that is uh, valuing your family is also a sacrifice. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's not just about like from my loved ones, it's all about the love. It's like, yeah, it's going to come at a cost. Like there are going to be things to tempt you, but you're going to have to balance out like uh, what's really important to me. And we're, we're going to have to find that, that balance always. From movement in the shadows, I think that's that's the other duality that we we're just talking about. That that hustle and humility of like we want to stay in the shadows, but uh, we can't stay in the shadows so much that we're not doing anything. We're not moving. We're not using the gifts that we've been gifted with. You know what I'm saying? It's a uh, it's it's using that uh, that humility, staying in there, but also hustling, making sure that we're moving, using those gifts so that. Uh, the light that we shine from within the shadows is only seen by uh, those who are meant to see it. And uh, when that line get that light gets shown, is uh, it's not really up to us, you know. And we have to trust in that. And so for me, it's balance. I love that, dude. Wow. I don't know if you guys even realize this. What you guys both just heard, like, or what you guys heard from both of these dudes, is literally like the hashtags of all of our Kinja's posts, right? Kin at all costs, movement in the shadows, respect all fear none. And this is not, this is really not some sort of like way to like promo our, our slogans, but it just shows me as a Kinja that this is, this came from a day one place and we live by this, these day one principles. And I, I know that that is the lifeline. That's the magic of what Kinja's is. That's what makes this thing so fun. That's what makes this thing so inspiring you know what i'm saying for people who have been here from the day ones from 2010 to the guys who've like joined along the way it keeps folks inspired and i look i am so excited for the present day of kinjas with all that's going on to you know year 20 30 40 50 of kinjas man like i know this is gonna go on and i know i have so many more questions i wrote down so many more things but you know for the sake of time you know we're gonna like spare you guys some time We'll just have you guys on again, you know, individually even. For I feel sure. like, yeah, like <laughs> there's so much. Like, I feel like, yeah, we just need to get into so much more stuff. Yeah, thank um, you guys so much for being, you know, open to this podcast thing. Look at you guys <laughs> saying thank you to us, dude. Hey, <laughs> hey, thank you guys for running this hey, podcast. We appreciate yeah. you guys, you know? yeah. Hey, thanks for, for like letting us do this. Hey, man, dude, you're welcome, and thank you for doing this. Hey, you know you're yeah. welcome, and thank you for being here with your time hey. to do us. You're welcome, and thank you for even giving me your time to do this with my time. My time wouldn't be my time if you haven't gone around and given up your time to give up everything for everyone else. Can it all cost? Hashtag. Thank you. See that? Look at that. I don't even know what that was right now, I but that was great. Really, <laughs> yeah. That was really good. I think um, for formality, say plug, plug, like, you know, where where can people hear your personal voice? You, you know, your social medias, plug all that, like, do my it. phone number is... No, oh, oh man. I'm just trying to get his at number right now. underscore Anthony Lee underscore. Thank you very much. Huh. Um, you can just follow my son at Odin the Little China Man. <laughs> 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 
Yes. That's yep. a good plug. AKA at Mike O Song. M I K E O S O N G. Don't worry if you can't write those down fast enough. I'll, I'll link. My got you all. <laughs> I got you in the show notes. I'll also link to the YouTube video where you can find the Andrew Black Ops. There it is. There it is. Man, thank you guys so much, dude. Mike Song, Anthony Lee, founders of Kinjas. They themselves as individuals. I would like to just note that this is the founding generation of Kinjas. It would be so not right to give us that much credit. There it is. We're the founding generation of this podcast. There it is. There it is. So thank you guys for listening. These guys killed it as I would have always expected to. And they're going to be back because we're going to force them to come back as individuals and maybe together. I don't know. Thanks for listening. We will uh, continue to do cool stuff and improve and make this thing better with every episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you guys had a very fruitful learning time. And see you next time. Peace out. Yeah, so don't forget to subscribe uh, and follow us for more on the podcast. Uh, And also leave us a comment uh, with uh, stuff that you'd like to do uh, for us to do better. Or uh, just stuff, or who you want to be on the podcast. Yes. Thanks, guys. Shing, shing. Bye, bye. Bye.